0: Welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti, and I'm so happy to be back with you guys. It has been only two weeks. I feel like so good that I kept my promise to you to be with you more frequently. And I'm really hoping to get this podcast out um, right before the new moon and the full moon each month. So twice a month, you will hear from me around those donations. And if you want to ever set your intentions for the new moon with me or release whatever you're holding on to at the full moon with me, you can do that by joining Cosmic Yoga Club which is my astrology-infused yoga membership, where we practice yoga Monday, Wednesday, Friday each week, but on the Sunday nearest the new moon and the full moon each month, we do a restorative moon ritual that includes restorative yoga, journaling, meditation, and allows us to ground our energy and come back to ourselves and really connect with that inner voice, that inner knowing and it's so cool. So many of the students have a journal that they dedicate to those restorative rituals. And now they have a year or two years of intention setting and releasing that they've done and they can look back on. So if you're interested in aligning with the moon cycle beyond just this podcast, then you are welcome to join me in Cosmic Yoga Club. And you can do that by going to cosmicyogaclub.com. So it's Libra season and we are feeling the winds of change here in New York where I live. I now live in the suburbs. It was like 65 degrees is the high today, even though next week it's going to go back up to the 80s. It just there's that feeling when there's a crisp morning that fall is here and the shift is happening and the holidays are coming. So this week's full moon is going to be an activated ending. That's what I'm calling it to a very crazy summer that really was defined by the Venus retrograde in Leo and the Mercury retrograde in Virgo. So this full moon in Aries is like a an ending and a beginning. It's the ending of a crazy summer with those retrogrades and it's the beginning of eclipse season. So a full moon occurs when the sun in Libra right now is exactly opposite the moon. The moon will be in Aries. So the actual full moon is going to occur on the 29th, which is Friday. And it's going to be at six degrees Aries. So the sun will be at six degrees Libra. The moon will be at six degrees Aries. The actual full moon will occur at 5.58 a.m. Eastern time. So adjust for wherever you live. Now, along with the full moon, this chart packs a real punch. So there's always a chart for lunation. Every moment in time has a chart that we can pull up. And the chart for this lunation is really packing a punch. So not only is it a full moon in Aries, which is a sign that packs a punch, which I can certainly attest to as a person with lots of Aries in my chart, but it's also the third and final square between Venus and Uranus. And part of the Venus retrograde journey that we've been on since the beginning of July with Venus and Leo, has been Venus squaring the planet Uranus. Now, Uranus, I always say, is the equal opportunity shitster. He likes to shake things up. He is the planet that rotates sideways, and he is the one that is the change maker. He shakes us loose of what we're used to so that we can break free and experience freedom that we've never known before. Now, Venus squaring Uranus three times has been part of her retrograde journey because that three times square, those three hits were because of her retrograde. Having this full moon chart coincide with this third and final square means that this full moon is going to bring us to an apex of energy that that story is going to be a part of. So full moons are always the apex of energy of the moon cycle. It's the you know, the, we're waxing, we're growing up to that full moon, and then we start waning. So the full moon, we often talk about releasing, but it's more like we experience that satisfaction of being full. We, whatever the situation is, is coming to a head. And then from that place of fullness of satisfaction of having what you need, you can look around and say, Hey, There's some stuff that I can get rid of here. So when you have a full closet with lots of clothes that fit you, it's a lot easier to let go of the clothes that don't fit just right. And that's kind of what full moons are like. So I like to think of full moons more as celebrations than releases. But I do think that full moons sometimes, depending on the planetary energies that we're working with, can reveal where we're blocking ourselves. And that is how I like to use the full moon from a place of I'm full, I'm satisfied, but is there anything getting in my way that I need to move out of the way? And this full moon is certainly going to do that. It's hard to say every new moon is this and every full moon is that because we're always working with different energies. The lunations are interacting with the planets in different ways. There are some full moons that feel like new moons and vice versa, but neither here nor there. This full moon is feeling very full moony. It is feeling like an apex of energy. It is feeling like a culmination of sorts. It is feeling like a hard ending in a lot of ways and also a hard beginning And I don't mean hard as in like, it's going to be bad hard as in, I mean, hard in the way that it feels very concrete. So we have all of that going on. We're going to talk more about the full moon and what's in the chart. But I do want to mention that the good news is that along with Venus wrapping up her story, because she's having her final square with Uranus, On the same day as the full moon, we're also having Mercury exit his retrograde shadow. So as you know, when we have a planet retrograde, we have a pre-shadow and a post-shadow. And the post-shadow is going to come to an end for Mercury on the 30th. So that's exciting. And then next week, Venus will exit her post-retrograde shadow on October 7th. So this is an exciting time. Again, I reiterate that there is a feeling of endings here. There's a feeling of wrapping up the summer and getting that fresh, clean slate for fall. You know, that feeling of when you got all the new school supplies and you have that fresh notebook that you haven't written anything in and you're just so excited to write your name on it and claim it as your own. That's kind of the feeling that I'm feeling with this full moon and with all the energy that we're experiencing in general. And of course, it is Libra season. Libra is the season that begins fall. When the sun enters Libra, that is the fall equinox. We had the fall equinox last week, which is one of my favorite days. I love the fall and the spring equinox because those are the days when the light and the dark are exactly the same. And in yogic philosophy, there is this idea of the dawn being the most auspicious time of day, because the light and the dark coexist, and create harmony or exist in peace. And that is the essence of Libra. Libra is the sign that is associated with peace and harmony and partnerships and beauty and design and justice and fairness and equality. A lot of people in the legal world will have Libra in their charts because Libra is symbolized by the scales of justice. If you have a lot of Libra in your chart, you're probably really hung up on things being fair, on everyone getting the same size slice of pie. That is one of the ways that I describe Libra, right? They really want things to be fair. They want everyone to be treated evenly and equally. And one of the things about Libra is that it's ruled by Venus. One of the most important things, right? So Venus rules Libra and Taurus. When Venus is in Libra, she's a little bit more the romantic Venus. She's a little bit more interested in design and fashion and beauty and being wined and dined and feeling feminine, and we all have feminine within us. Regardless of gender, there is feminine and masculine energy in all of us. And so that is activated in Libra season. So Venus is often associated with all those beautiful things. But in ancient times, Venus was also considered a planet of war. And we can still consider her a planet of war. So this is really interesting because this full moon has a lot of feminine energy to it. And you might be thinking, well, it's a full moon in Aries. Aries is ruled by Mars. Mars is the masculine. That's the opposite of the feminine because Venus rules Libra, right? Because these are opposing signs. Full moons happen in opposing signs. So full moons are always going to have us playing with polarities. If Libra is about the we, the partnership. It's the sign of marriage, one might say, in old-timey astrology language, but we would say partnership in our modern world. And Aries is the sign of me. It's me versus we. So this full moon might have a push-pull of what I need and then what we need as a partnership. Creating harmony in the relationship But also honoring my individuality. And that is always going to be the push pull between Aries and Libra. So it's interesting because this full moon chart has a lot of asteroids in it. And the asteroids in astrology are the goddess energies, the feminine energies. So the warrior side of Venus might be felt because she's getting a lot of help from some other ladies in the chart. Okay. So the full moon is... Of course, the sun opposite the moon, as I mentioned, the sun is going to be in a conjunction with Pallas Athena. Pallas Athena is an asteroid and Pallas was considered to be Mars's sister. So remember, Jupiter is like the god of the Zodiac. In Greek mythology, he would be Zeus and he was everybody's father. So whenever we are doing fertility manifestation, we look to Jupiter as well as Venus and the goddesses. But we look to Jupiter for that bounty of fertility. And that's a story around Thanksgiving that we'll get to closer to Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is originally a holiday to honor Jupiter and his bounty of the harvest. So Back to Pallas. Pallas Athena is in a conjunction with the sun, or rather the sun is in a conjunction with Pallas Athena, who is Mars's sister. Now think about it. Pallas is going to have similarities to Mars. She's the goddess of war, but she's the goddess of strategic war. So whereas Mars might not think and just run headfirst into the fight, palace Athena is going to help you come up with a strategy so that you can get in, but also get out. That's what's really important about that energy coming into this full moon. So whatever harmony or peace or resolution that you're looking for with this full moon, because those are the things that the sun in Libra is after, they're going to be hard fought for. And this reminds me of what's going on with the strike. So as I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 27th of September, the Hollywood writers and actors strikes have been pretty much resolved from what I understand. I haven't dug too deep into it, but from what I understand, the writer strike is resolved and I believe the actor strike is pretty much going to be resolved. So that is an interesting example. That was hard fought for, and now as we approach eclipse season and we approach this full moon, we're finding a resolution. And you might be thinking, "Ooh, is there an astrological reason for that?" And yes, there is. The full moon is really kicking off eclipse season. So, eclipse season occurs twice a year. And eclipses occur when a new moon or a full moon happens within a certain number of degrees of the nodes of fate. The nodes of fate, the north node and the south node are points in the sky. And those points are providing a portal of energy of sorts. So eclipses are like portals of energy, like vortexes that we vortexes, however you say that word in the plural. They are these portals of energy that we walk through where whatever was already coming up for you probably is going to get hastened. The pace is going to get quickened. And perhaps something will come to an end that probably has been in the process of ending for a long time, or something that is unexpected might get started. So eclipses really are an opportunity for sitting back and getting quiet and listening to the messages from the universe, allowing yourself to be open to receiving because eclipses are not a time to be doing manifestation work or to be trying to control the outcome of anything. So what we learn in yoga philosophy, specifically in the Bhagavad Gita, is that we have to be, we have to be released from the attachment to the outcome. You be, can be committed to the work, you can be committed to showing up for the practice every day, but don't be attached to the results or the outcome because that is where the suffering lies, right? So you can show up for your to your mat every day, but if you show up to your mat every day and you're only content if you make it into that handstand and balance in the middle of the room, you miss the whole point of the yoga, right? So, we're trying to remove the causes of suffering. We're trying to find a way to allow ourselves to be in the present moment because, in the present moment, we're not hung up on the past or the future. We experience that neutral mind. So, all of that is to say that. When we're talking about eclipses, all of that yoga philosophy is really useful because eclipses can move really fast. They can kind of be like being in a pressure cooker where something that normally takes an hour to cook all of a sudden takes 12 minutes. So something might be cooking right now and then all of a sudden you get to the end point a lot faster than you thought you were going to or something that you just didn't even expect comes in and changes your path entirely. Now, mind you, this has a lot to do with your chart. So if you have planets that are being activated by the eclipses, then of course it's going to have a bigger effect, but all of us are going to feel the impact of the eclipses. In some sense, the energy is really palpable especially this time of year, because we're moving into from Libra season, we go to Scorpio season. And we all know that Scorpio season is Halloween and the veil is thin and we feel that energy even more deeply. So all of that is to say that we are kicking off eclipse season with this full moon and it is feeling very eclipse like out there because I am feeling that intensely. And the reason is that Mars is conjunct the south node. So because we have Mars activating that south node, as he does every two years, because Mars takes two years to go around the zodiac, there is an activating release. That's what I'm calling it, because Mars likes to activate. Mars likes to push us to do something. Mars likes to take action, Whether or not he has a strategy, like Pallas, he'll still take action. So having Mars conjunct the south node, the south node encourages us to release, to let go. The north node encourages us to take in, to receive. With the south and the north node, you always have to find a balance. They're polar opposites. So they're always encouraging us, like a seesaw, to find a balance Otherwise, we're always just going from one side to the other, right? If you have two people on a seesaw, and they're exactly the same weight, then you're gonna, they're going to just balance right in the air. But if we are going from one and then the other back and forth, we're going to find that we feel not so great, right? It's, it's gonna be a bumpy ride. So that's what the, the nodes are like, you want to f- you find your way to the middle. You want to please both. You want to give them both a little something. So with that said, the Mars on the south node is going to be activating this eclipse energy early. But regardless, the lunation, whether it's a new moon or a full moon that precedes the eclipse will always open eclipse season for us. So that's what's happening. Now, there's another goddess that wants to be heard from. In this whole situation, and that is Eris. So Eris is also Mars's sister. Hopefully, you're getting the theme here. All the gods and goddesses are related, but Eris is also a goddess associated with war. And she is conjunct the North Node. So remember, Mars is conjunct the South Node on one side. And Ares is conjunct the North Node on the other side of the Zodiac. Eris is the goddess of discord and strife. She creates havoc for the sake of change. So similar to Uranus in that way. And she likes to challenge the hierarchy or the patriarchy. She likes to point out where there is arrogance. So the story of Eris is that she saw that there was a party going on with all the gods and goddesses, and she took an apple and she threw it into the party. And on the apple, it had a note that said, for the most beautiful or for the fairest of them all. And all the goddesses pounced on the apple and were fighting for it because they all thought that they were each the most beautiful. So she points out where there is arrogance, hubris, ego. Um, So this is really interesting having her involved. So we have Mars on one side, Ares on the other. Now, mind you, Ares is in Aries with the north node in Aries. The south node is in Libra. And Chiron is also in Aries. So we have Chiron opposite Mars as well. Chiron is the wounded healer. So all of that is to say that there is a lot of emotion and ego that is running amok right now in the sky, particularly in this full moon chart. And there is a lot of passion. There is a lot of just passion and fervor and emotion and You know, the water signs always get a bad rap for being emotional, but nothing is emotional like a fire sign. (laughs) So with all of this Aries energy, there is a lot of emotion in the chart. So all of that is to say that people are going to be feeling really sensitive and the full moon always heightens our emotions and our sensitivity anyway. So while there might be breakups happening or endings happening, or you might have to have a tough conversation come from a place of compassion and empathy, because everyone's feelings are feeling really raw right now. Now, I wanted to mention that this eclipse season, it's just getting going. So you might find that you have some very big stuff that comes up with this full moon. You might find that you want to end things, but the story might have legs. So even if you think the story is over, just keep your ears attuned to those messages from the universe because eclipses will always deliver the messages that we need to hear. Finally, Libra rules the lower back. We're doing a lot of low back strengthening and releasing in Cosmic Yoga Club right now, but it also rules the skin. Think about it. Venus and Libra rules aesthetic. We see the visage, the face, the skincare. People with a lot of Libra in their chart love to be committed to their skincare routine. So the skin is the boundaries. The skin is representative of our boundaries because the skin is our outermost layer between us and the world. So you may be releasing some old relationship patterns and implementing new boundaries. But just remember that your boundaries are for you. So again, having those tough conversations come from a place of compassion and empathy. You don't always need to tell people what your boundaries are. You need to know your boundaries for yourself so that you can act in a way that encourages other people to treat you with the respect that you want to be treated. So sometimes we don't need to say, I'm putting up a boundary with you. I think boundaries are getting a little bit of a bad rap because people are a little too open to share what their boundaries are. I think a boundary can be felt. It doesn't necessarily need to be explicitly shared. So that is just something I've been thinking about with this Aries-Libra dynamic that we're in. And we will continue to be in because the nodes will be in Aries and Libra for quite some time. So that's the full moon in Aries. The full moon in Aries, to remind you, is going to be on the 29th, which is Friday at 1.53 p... Oh, I'm sorry. That's not right. At 5.58 a.m. Eastern time. We will also that day at 1.53 p.m. Eastern time have that third and final square between um, Venus and Uranus. And then the following day on the 30th, we're going to have Mercury leave his shadow. There's a few other note dates that I wanted to note for you just to kind of have in the back of your mind since I'm not going to chat with you for a couple of weeks, one is, of course, on the 30th, the day that Mercury leaves his shadow, he will also create a trine to Uranus. And this can create like electric insights. So Mercury and Uranus in a harmonious flow with one another can really help us get their creative juices going. Mercury will still be in Virgo and trining that Uranus in Taurus. You might really get some things down on paper, which is nice. So I wanted to mention that on Monday, October 2nd, we will have Mercury opposite Neptune that can make us feel like we're, um, thinking our head is in the clouds. Okay. So that might feel a little bit scatterbrained that day. That's a great day for meditating or tuning into whatever the universe is trying to communicate to you, sitting down with your journal, listening to some binaural beats, you know, whatever it is that you do to kind of tune out, but really tune in to those deeper levels of your psyche. That's a great day for it. On October 3rd, Mercury again, will be trining Pluto. That's great for strategic thinking, although we'll have to see because, you know, he's going to be basically creating this beautiful earth grand trine with Neptune and Pluto. We'll see how that, I'm sorry, not an earth grand trine, but we'll be creating a trine to Pluto while he's opposing Neptune. And so hard to say, I think the Neptunian energy might rule over that Plutonian energy, in which case our minds might feel a little bit like mush early in the week, October 2nd and 3rd. But who knows that Pluto trine, maybe it will help focus us a little bit or they might just cancel each other out. Who's to say? And it also depends on your chart. It always depends on your chart. On October 4th, we have Mercury leaving Virgo and moving into Libra. So then we'll have a little bit more Libra energy for our Libra season. Our minds are going to shift to Thinking about our relationships, thinking about our partnerships, thinking about how to make things beautiful, how to make things aesthetically pleasing. And then on the 8th, or even before the 8th, Venus will exit her retrograde shadow on the 7th of October. And then on the 8th, we have Mars squaring Pluto. That's going to bring in a little bit more of that warlike energy. So the fight may not be over. And Venus will enter Virgo. And now Venus in Virgo, some people do not think that's a great place for Venus. It's not her favorite, but I personally kind of like Venus in Virgo. She likes to clean things up. She likes to make sure that things are ready to be sent out in the world. Virgo is so great at putting the finishing touches on things. So I don't mind Venus in Virgo, and I think after this excessively long time that we've had Venus in um, Leo because of her retrograde, it's going to be really nice for Venus to have a breath of fresh air in Virgo and to start a new story, to leave the Venus and Leo story behind finally. So that is everything I've got for you. I so appreciate you listening till the end. Of course, if you want to work with me, the best way to do that is in Cosmic Yoga Club. You can go to cosmicyogaclub.com. As I've said, I'm going to be here every 2 weeks. That's my commitment. That's what I'm trying that that's the commitment I'm trying my best to honor. Can't promise it will always happen, but that's what we're doing and things are a little messy, you know. I'm not really editing up this podcast like I used to. I'm really flying by the seat of my pants a little bit and having fun doing that. But I'm just really happy to be back on the mic and I'm so happy that you're here to listen. And I hope these episodes are useful and helpful and there's going to be so much more to explore. Eclipse season is just getting started and it's going to be a big one. So enjoy the ride. Make sure that you set aside plenty of time to be quiet and listen to that inner voice listen to whatever the universe is trying to communicate to you and allow yourself to be open to receiving. That's all we can really do. All right. Take care of yourself and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. One more thing before you go, if you like the show, please subscribe, follow, rate, and review it. It really helps other astrology enthusiasts find the essential astrocast and even better send this episode to one of your friends who you know will appreciate it it would mean the world to me and it will help more people find the podcast okay until next time may the stars shine brightly upon you